I recently finished a new short film called Fear Not Only Believe. And this film kind of recaps 2020, the last year, and then offers some biblical encouragement on how we can overcome fears in the face of storms and crisis in our lives. And so if that sounds like something you'd be benefited by that would bless you, uh, uh, that film is available now on our YouTube channel. I'd encourage you to go watch that. Um, again, it's called Fear Not Only Believe. So I shared it recently at a, a local church. And then afterwards, I shared a, a short encouragement about fear and gave some scriptures just on on what what God has provided for us as our means to not be consumed and ruled by fear in our lives. And so that's what I'm going to play for you today is just that short encouragement I gave. And uh, yeah, I hope it blesses you. I hope it pushes you to look at Jesus, the only one who is able, fully able to calm our storms, whatever storms we might find ourselves in. He is the one who who commands the winds and the waves and they obey him and he brings a great calm into our lives. And so, yeah, I hope if you check out the film, I hope that blesses you. And, and as you listen to this encouragement, um, yeah, may the Lord use it to uh, push you closer to him and to set you free from fear. You are listening to The Great Light Podcast. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. If you sum up 2020, I think you can sum it up people's experience with the word fear. It seems like that is the culmination of what all this, this information that's been going on in the world and the way people receive that and interpret it um, has led to a pandemic of, of not only a, a physical pandemic, but I think a pandemic of fear in the world. Um, and so I just, I thought it was timely to, to release a film uh, that kind of deals with that. So uh, Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So our minds staying on God trusting in him that that's that's the only place i think where where fear can truly be escaped i think you can um you know god god created human beings to not live independently from him and what fear is ultimately fear is rooted in an independent thinking from god you, you begin to think independently from his truth you begin to um you begin to interpret your reality your circumstances, your future, you begin to interpret that based on your own understanding and based on, you start to do the math in your life and you say this plus this equals 
death or this plus this equals tragedy. This plus this equals everything's going to go bad. I'm, I'm, you know, things are going to go bad in my life. And God does not want us to, and nor did he design us to do the math in our lives in that way. He designed us to be before him like children who our minds are stayed on him. And that word stay, I think is very significant and implies kind of the idea of like you're, you're taking up a, a residence there. Like you don't, you're not just, you don't just visit God in your mind, but you, you have to stay there. And in as much as we stay our minds on God, there is peace because he is peace. That, that scripture that um, this pastor, uh, I, I used a pastor named De- David Dupra. I don't, I don't know him very well. I've just, I've come across his content and it's really been helpful to me. But in the sermon uh, that I took that audio from, he, he quoted Psalm 27 that says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. And what that tells us is that God, God doesn't give us light and salvation, but God himself is light and salvation. And so for us to have light and salvation from our fears, we have to, we have to personally, intimately know God. Um, and so we overcome fear, like he says in that video, we overcome by believing. Um, and I think how we believe, what, what, does that, what does that mean to believe? What do we believe in? How do we believe? And I think really simply and practically, that means we believe in God's promises. We, we look at the promises of God and scripture, the ones that especially have direct application to whatever it might be that we're fearing or struggling. And this doesn't only relate to fear. This relates to anything you might be dealing with. This relates to temptation. This relates to uh, failure and sin, whatever it is that we have to learn how to embrace God's promises, what God's truth says over what we might be seeing and feeling. Um, <clears throat> so one, one example of that would be Psalm 23, where it says, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's that's a truth statement right there. You are with me. That's something that's either true or it's a made up lie. And if that's true, that means everything for us because that means whatever we're going through, David said, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Um, If we really believe and really know that God is with us, then like Psalm 27 says, who shall I, who should I fear? What, what is there to be afraid of? If it's, if it's true that even though I don't see him or feel him necessarily, we walk by faith, not sight. But if it's true that even though I don't see and feel God all the time in my life, if even then it's still true that he's with me, then what do I have to fear? There's nothing to fear. Um, but this is a faith is something that requires uh, like Paul says, we walk by faith and not sight. And in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, we, we look at the things that are seen, uh, or, or we, we, we look at the things that are unseen and not the things that are seen. So the things that are seen, the things that we can see that are tangible, that we can often t- 
touch and hear and smell are the fears around us. We can, we can see the diseases, we can see the, the trouble, we can see the turmoil in the world, but very often we can't see God. We can't, you know, we can, we can see in the Bible it's saying that he's with us and he loves us and he cares about us and all these things, but, but that's something we can't see with our eyes. The only way we can see that is with belief, with trust. And, and when we, in spite of what we cannot see, in spite of the fact that we might not see God or feel him, when we choose to believe in what he has said, um, I, I was just reading Romans 4 that talks about Abraham, who is the, like, set up in the Bible as one of the, the prime examples of faith that we're supposed to walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham. And it says about Abraham that he believed in God, the God who calls non-existing things as though they existed. And, and it says that Abraham, um, in spite of hope, basically his situation was hopeless, but in spite of that hopelessness, he believed in hope. He put his faith in, the, in God's character. He knew who God was. If God says he's with us, then our job isn't to figure out how to escape our fears. It's not to figure out how to make our emotions stop being afraid or to suppress the fears. It's not about going out and trying to fix every situation in our lives that might be causing us fear. Our job is to make a decision to believe what God has said about us, to believe that though it might not seem like it right now, God is faithful. God cannot lie. If he says he's with me, even in the valley of the shadow of death, then that means he's with me. And to follow in the footsteps of Abraham, this man who again is set up as the prime example of faith, is to, in spite of our circumstances, to believe what God says about us. So God told Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. He gave him that promise. That was God's word that he spoke to Abraham. Years go by, decades go by, and it hasn't happened. It doesn't happen. Not only does it not happen, but Abraham gets to the point where he's an old man, incapable of physically producing offspring, and his wife is barren because they've gotten to such an old age. And I think that's such a picture of what God does and why God even allows fears sometimes in our lives, because he has to bring us to the end of our own strength. He has to bring us to the end of thinking that we can we can do it ourselves, that we can produce what, what we need in our lives. So he let Abraham and Sarah get to that point where not only was it difficult for God's promise, again, to give Abraham a son and to multiply his descendants as numerous as the stars, that was the promise God gave to Abraham, that had become an, a complete and absolute impossibility. It was not going to happen. Uh, uh, barren women don't produce offspring. That results in millions of descendants. So how is this going to happen? But it's again, it says Abraham believed God because God had said it was going to happen. Abraham knew, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know when or what God's going to do, but I know that God cannot lie. I know God is good and he's faithful. And so he's going to do it. And so I think in the same way, when we have fears that grip us and, and whatever it is that might grip us, that that makes our lives seem like there's these impossibilities, there's these giants that we can't overcome. I think God often allows us to feel and experience these things so that we can choose the response of Abraham and say, even though this is what I might see and feel, uh, God is faithful. And so 
So with that, I just want to encourage you, and, and I told somebody this who I was talking to um, a, a week ago or so, to write down on a piece of paper or on your phone a specific promise or a, or a couple promises of God, just specific things that, that he says that you know directly apply to whatever it is, that pain, that point of pain in your life. Specific things. Again, this doesn't just have to be about fear, whatever it is. And put those in your pockets. And then when the emotions start to rise up of unbelief, fear, anxieties, whatever, pull that out, look at it, and believe it. Remind yourself of it. And, um, in Deuteronomy, and Jesus quoted it when he was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we were designed to live to, to the only way we can find life. God, God designed us to where we will physically die if we're not eating physical food. And we will spiritually die if we don't eat spiritual food. And so we have to live daily by the word of God. When, when fear and whatever else is becoming an all-consuming thing in our minds, we can know I'm not, I'm not eating right. Like that, that's kind of like your stomach telling you you're hungry and you haven't eaten for a while. When fears and anxieties are beginning, beginning to grip us and control us, that should be like hunger pains telling us, I need, to, I need to eat right now. I need to eat something. Um, and Jesus said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to have life in you. And that's a strange statement, but I think what he's saying is you have to, you have to know me personally. You have to intimately know who I am and believe that, receive it, embrace it for yourself. And so take specific promises this is one that I've been taking with me the past couple of days, uh, Isaiah 26, three. So when f whatever fears or things start to rise up in me, I just call this to mind that God keeps in perfect peace. He will keep me in perfect peace. My mind will be at ease if my mind is stayed on him because I'm trusting in him. And so what, again, what brings us perfect peace is that aspect of trust. Um, so to finish this off, I just want to read Mark 4, 35 through 41. Um, so on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, <clears throat> and the winds were breaking into the boat. So that boat was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So there's very uh, multiple interesting things in that. One is the fact that it says Jesus was asleep. So again, like in the film, like, like it, it talks about, it seems sometimes like God is asleep, like he's not answering. And in those times we have to choose that his word is more true than what we might be perceiving in our, in our senses. Um, <clears throat> and then it says when they, when they went in their panic and fear, 
and they did the right thing in a sense. I think they, they ran to him. He, he was one, he said, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So I think fear is, a, is, is kind of a discipleship issue. This is an issue of, of obedience to Jesus, and obedience to Jesus means we aren't consumed by fear. I'm not saying that as a condemning thing to say if you're struggling with fear, you're not following Jesus or anything like that. We're all going to struggle with it. But I think it's an act of obedience to not let fear rule over us and consume us. Um, it's an act of obedience to go to the one who can speak peace into that and, and again, bring a great calm. And then this is really interesting, I think, here at the end where he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And then it says, and they were filled with great fear. But I think at this point, their fear had shifted. Their fear was no longer on the waves and the storm, but they just saw this man commands the waves and the storm. Like, who is this? So they're no longer afraid of the, those waves. They had one fear at that point. They were afraid of Jesus. They had not a, not a, uh, a terror kind of fear, but a reverent fear of he commands the waves. What is there to fear? And this is Psalm 27. It's if God is with me, who should I fear? What, what man is there to fear if, if the one who commands the very storms that I'm afraid of is with me and he, he's with me and he loves me? And so I think overcoming fear, a lot of it involves shifting our fear from the things around us and putting our fear on the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so that's, again, is not a, a fear that he's going to get us or punish us, but it's a fear of, of, again, reverence and awareness, just a knowledge of who he is, that he, he controls all things and he's sovereign over our lives. And when we know that, it's going to shift our fear off the storms onto the one who commands the storms. And when our fear is on him, there, he is the one who will and can bring a great calm into our lives, but especially into us. He brings a great calm inside of us. And I think that's what we all desperately uh, long for.